My name is Shredda and this is The Leitner Side of Things, Practitioner Perspectives in School Psychology, a place for school psychology practitioners to come together and share experiences and insights about their work. So today I'm talking to Patterson about supervision, specifically about supervising school psychology in parents. Ashley. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So before we kind of get into the topic, um, can you tell us about yourself? Sure. Um, I have a position at a middle school right now. Um, I graduated with my master's in counseling psychology with a school psychologist certificate, which is kind of a different program set up. Uh, I graduated with that in 2011. I've worked in both Pennsylvania and Delaware. And um, this will be about, I think this is going into my fourth year in the same middle school full time. So I'm really lucky to be working with a great group of people that I've um, gotten to know and I don't have to run around to different buildings anymore. So it's really nice. Um, And I've had the opportunity to take on um, some practicum students and an intern in the last couple of years, which has really um, kind of expanded my experience there. Nice. And you've done elementary, pre-K, middle school, high school. You've, you've done it all. I have. Yeah, um, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I think my um, niche is kind of with middle school Um, or just secondary in general. Um, I like the middle schoolers because they still have a little bit of that uh, childhood, but they're starting to get into the teenage years where sometimes I felt like um, at a high school level that they were, um, you know, dealing with some big problems. So sometimes that can um, wear you down. Same with elementary. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them that don't have the help that they need yet. So um, it's kind of an interesting role to be in the middle, to be receiving the little ones and sending the larger ones on their way. I can imagine. I always feel like middle school is the hardest. Um, and I don't know if I'm right about that. I've done middle before, but yeah, you know, I always think it is the hardest. I have noticed that seventh grade, the middle of the middle school years ah. has, has been the year where if something were to go awry for the child or that's just their year that they're going to work out all the kinks. So. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about supervision. Um, we know specifically school psychology interns, they have a lot of requirements that they need to meet in order to graduate from their program, but there's lots of experiences that they're, inevitably going to get outside of those requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I wonder if different school psychology supervisors value different experiences more than others or kind of consciously push certain experiences more than others. Mm-hmm. What do you think are those experiences that are most important for interns that they um, don't necessarily have a requirement for, but that they should be getting before they go into the field? Um. When I first thought about this, um, what I really tend to get feedback from um, the practicum students and interns is that they like actually getting into like real world 
scenarios where they're interacting with people that aren't school psychologists. So like administrators, EDs, educational diagnosticians, um, speech and language pathologists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, nurses, counselors, teachers, and then other psychologists that could be um, involved in a case. I think that they really get to um, see how much, um, you know, how many staff members could be involved and what their roles are, and then just getting more experience interacting with colleagues professionally and having kind of the opportunity to have an opinion and have things to say as a professional while you still have that time to practice before, you know, the pressure is on and you are the school psychologist in the building. I really, that's something that I like to offer, like, hey, I'm here, but I'm going to let you take the lead um, and then offer, you know, the support in the like behind the scenes support, you know, what are you thinking with this? What should we do? And then letting them kind of present those ideas so that they can kind of feel, you know, get some feelings of success that they're valuable and, you know, not just an intern. Yeah. Like they feel like a part of the school, a part of the team. Yeah, I think those things that come up and they get to see like in the moment that aren't super planned are really good too. So like, um, you know, I don't ever want to call a crisis good, but if one would occur and they were present, it's really good to see how, you know, different teams handle it and the different um, roles of people who might be involved and then the opportunity to work with students and then um, sometimes, you know, communicate with their families. I think that those kind of opportunities um, to collaborate and consult with others and um, communicate professionally are um, something that's super valuable about internship because you can't really get that out of a case study or a role play with your classmates. Um, So it's kind of, I think that's where the magic happens with that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it kind of makes me think about how different Graduate programs have, tend to have a focus in a certain area. Um, some programs may have an emphasis on RTI. Some may have one on counseling. Um, some may have one on behavior. And so as supervisors, we kind of need to, we sometimes fall into those tracks once we start working, as we get into our careers. And we kind of need to take a step back when we have a student under us and remember that they need all of those experiences and need to be able to dabble in everything really. Um, So it's kind of almost taking a step back as a supervisor and being consciously aware of what your niche is and making sure that your student doesn't get caught in that same niche necessarily. Right. I know that um the situation this year with my intern having several supervisors, um, she would often say, oh, that's like, it's hard with like all the competing opinions between school, one supervisor, you, my own thoughts. So I think that um, just being conscious of all of that and not letting it, um, you know, kind of uh, put a damper on their experience. You know, I always say that, 
you know, this is what I do. Somebody might do it differently and that's okay. Um, or if you, right. if you disagree with me, please, you know, voice it. I am not that type of supervisor that I want, you know, my way is the highway. I had an experience like that that didn't go well. So I feel like I have a good um, sense of our responsibility as a professional to be ethically, you know, mindful of how we are um, towards young professionals or professionals just starting out. Um, I think that we have a responsibility to, you know, let them kind of, like I said before, um, feel out what it's like before they get on their own. And, you know, there's nobody there to kind of be their safety net. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's good in a way for interns, especially to be exposed to different styles sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we always say school psychologists are flexible, and that's true. But I also think flexibility is a skill. It's not necessarily an inherent trait. Right. Um, and as psychologists, maybe that's one thing we should be kind of be more aware of with interns, exposing them to supervisors with very different styles, because mm-hmm. it's almost like building their own flexibility and ability to think on their feet. I agree. So as far as graduate programs go, what do you think you would recommend to different graduate programs um, in terms of their requirements? What should programs add or take away or change to really help shape um, school psychologists' entry into the field? Um, I think that the first difference between um, at least programs around our area are that some help the interns and practicum students find their placements and some do not. I think that it's a huge advantage um, for the schools to screen and um, identify um, good supervisors and then um, offer the students help in identify, you know, kind of finding the best fit for them. And then that way, you know, you're not, I know that when I did it, I didn't have to do a practicum. So I was kind of lucky in that sense. It was a program that was, um, you know, not in that stage yet, but um, maybe practicum students are placed more often than interns. But I know that I had to find my own internship and the stress of that was great, you know, so kind of um, having, and we had a list, but it was just, it was a different time, I think. I know that um, some of the schools around us, you know, just arrange internships. I don't know if I would go that far. You know, it's kind of like not an all or nothing. Maybe like, hey, these are some ones you can go and visit with and then pick from them. I think that would be nice to have the opportunity so that you know that these people have had um, good relationships with the school and you know, they're um, dependable. They're not going to leave you out in the wind if something were to happen. Um, So I know that that's really something that I would push for more um, to happen more regularly than, you know, not leaving it up to the intern to find their own um, intern experience. And then um, 
making sure that they make a good connection with the person that the people that will be supervising them and um, having that kind of conversation about, you know, having an intern can benefit the psychologist that takes on an intern, but it should be, you know, more of a benefit to the intern. So it should be kind of like a give and take sort of thing. So if you're not really in a spot um, to be willing to give what you need for the intern, then um, having somebody who can kind of acknowledge that. Um, I know that I was asked one year that um, I could just foresee it not being a good time for me to have like the mental base and, um, you know, just emotional availability to talk through, um, you know, things with another, um, with an intern. Um, we had a potential, a couple of potential legal cases coming up that I didn't, I didn't know that I would be able to handle it all, let alone have somebody, you know, behind me kind of wonder and having to over explain everything as I'm doing it. Um, so I didn't really want to take that on because I didn't think it would be fair to the person if they were just, you know, kind of left in the office all the time while I was handling certain things. Um, I like to, if I have somebody working with me, I like them to go wherever ever I go. I didn't ever want, you know, like a closed door situation. So um, I think that it's right. really important for the people who do take them on to take it seriously. And then I do, I really think that they should be compensated a lot more than sometimes they are. I know I didn't get any compensation for my internship and it's a full-time job. Yeah, for sure. It definitely is. And sometimes it's a little, <laughs> it can even be more work sometimes yeah. than actually being that school psychologist employee. Yeah, definitely. It definitely takes a lot longer as you're starting out. So I know that, um, you know, the intern I had this year talked a lot about working from home and I took for granted that it, it took me a while. I mean, I think this will be my ninth year or going into my 10th year um, that I really don't work from home anymore unless I've done it to myself, but I'm just like, really, it's been a rough week and I wasn't able to get to it at school. Um, but I don't do it on the regular. I try to keep, you know, a separation. Now we're in a difficult situation to do that anymore right now with the COVID-19, but um, that's one of the things right. that I think I've developed most in the last couple of years is trying to keep a good balance. So yeah, I think that um, that's a good thing kind of circling back to one of the questions before that they need to um, be learning on the job is how to balance it all, how to manage the time and what you need to do while you're at school versus things that you could wait and do when the kids leave. Um, I know that that was one of the teaching moments that we had a lot. So just kind of um, making sure that they get treated as an employee because they are offering services um, while they're with you. I think it's important. It makes, I think that it makes them feel valued and is certainly, you know, when you feel like in a valued employee, you're going to, you know, want to come to work and want to do your best. And it, it just, right. I working for free can be very stressful. <laughs> Definitely. But when you say, when you talk about balance, plugging myself a little bit here, but 
the next episode will be talking with Linda Getman and we talk a lot about self-care and what that really means. Um, And she had some really interesting things to say about balance and boundaries that, that reminded me of. But yeah. Um, So we know that that relationship between an intern and their supervisor is a very reciprocal relationship. Mm -hmm. What do you think or what have you learned from your interns over the years? I think that has been quite the pleasant surprise. I haven't really thought about it until we uh, talked about doing this uh, conversation on your podcast. Um, But I really, I really have learned a lot and kind of when I have somebody working with me in that role, um, first of all, it's really nice to have another person there. Oftentimes as school psychologists, we're on our own little lone wolves. Um, So it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and kind of, um, you know, talk things through. So that's a benefit for sure. I find that they um, kind of come in with, you know, a passion and an energy that some of us might not have at this point, Um, especially, you know, mid-year. They're still, you know, raring to go where you might be worn down. Um, So I think that that can be contagious in a good way that, um, you know, I might be on my second cup of coffee by the time they arrive and, you know, grumbling about my morning and they're ready to just dive into whatever they're working on, which is really nice to see. And I, sometimes it really re-energizes me and um, the way that, you know, just having another person with a different perspective can get you out of, um, you know, only approaching certain things one way. Um, so I, I definitely like that. Um, one thing I think um, I have, and I don't know about you, Shreda, if you've um, kind of gotten to the point where like you've had at this point some scenarios that maybe you would have rather had gone differently depending on how, you know, a situation might have developed between you and a coworker or, um, you know, a certain conflict that could have come up. Um, So you just kind of get a little bit of a shield up and just kind of like self-preservation, like, okay, I'm not going to approach something this way. I know that this person is kind of like that. So I'm going to do, I'm going to come in this way. Where sometimes, yeah, yeah, like I feel like they don't have those kind of like letdowns or disappointments or conflicts yet. So they kind of just are like, you know, going <laughs> full bore all the way in. Like, I'm just going to go and tell the teacher that. And you're just like, oh, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> but I mean, like, like, so they sometimes I feel like what I can offer to them is like, calming down the sunshine and rainbows like in a perfect world and sort of throwing out some scenarios like hey that might be received this way you might try a different approach so I think that it's nice to have somebody with a completely different um, mindset and kind of in a different place in their career come in and like kind of 
um, you know, liven up the energy. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, depressy pants all the time and like super serious, <laughs> but it, it really has. I've noticed that with um, three very different um, people now that, um, you know, no matter what they're coming in and they're like, they're learning the newest stuff in the field. They're super interested in everything. And they want to look at how you do this, how you do that. So it really does feel like um, they're, it feels like you're important too. They're like, wow, sometimes I might feel like, oh my gosh, what do I even do all day? I just push papers around. Um, it, it feels like you're giving back and kind of um, to the profession, you know, and giving something valuable. Um, I'm not yeah. somebody that would go out and, you know, pursue teaching. Um, I know that we do have some colleagues that, excuse me, do that and have done that. Uh, that's not my style, but this is kind of my opportunity to teach. So I think that that is nice too. Because um, sometimes, you know, that is thinking through it in that mindset sometimes leads me to different ways of doing things. Too. Yeah, for sure. I always um, tell my practicum students and interns and anyone interested in school psychology that we don't work in a vacuum. And I feel like sometimes the way the field or the profession is presented in grad school kind of gives you that impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly is a lesson in mindfulness being a school psychologist. You become very aware, sometimes more successfully than others, <laughs> of your own reactions and your own <laughs> approaches. Right. So really good point yeah it's almost as if they like are kind of um offering you like a reflection afterwards like I know that we oftentimes like I said whether maybe you might have another psychologist that's in your building or come in and service other kids in your building I know that I have some sometimes and we might get like five minutes to talk to each other but it's kind of rare to have somebody there to like almost debrief after things happen with you. Um, so I think that's kind of like talking through things like, okay, so with this student, this happened, you saw what happened before and after, what do you think? And just, it's almost like, I don't know, like it's a, te- it's a learning experience for me too, because then I'm actually like thinking all the way through something where I might not take the time and the breath and you know what I mean? Like just sitting there and thinking, I feel like we're on to the next thing, on to the next, on to the next. So it actually kind of slows you down a little bit in a good way. Um, and I guess, you know, them taking on some of the casework and evaluation work <laughs> catches up for the slowing you down and your day-to-day uh, goings on and, a little bit of help they offer uh, makes up for the having to take it a little bit slower, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think sometimes um, we take on a lot during the school day that we don't even realize how much we've done when the kids are leaving on the buses. So I think that um, that's really something that they offer. Um, just kind of like, whoa, that was a day, you know, and to us, it might just be a regular day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I remembered what I was going to say before when you talked about that balance. Mm -hmm. Do you think school psychology graduate programs Mm -hmm. should be 
teaching self-care or preparing its students to have some of those tools or, you know, pick up some of those strategies for how they're going to take care of themselves and look after their own well-being? Absolutely. When they practice? Yeah, I, I know that I didn't really get a lot of that. Um, I know that we try to do that professionally at our meetings when we come together once a month. Um, but I, I feel like it's kind of like a find it on your own thing right now where, um, or maybe they are starting it as it's kind of becoming quite the buzzword topic, but, uh, yeah, I think that, um, certainly it should be maybe not, you know, an entire class, but once they get to the point where they are going out in the field and being responsible for completing work and working with students and their families, I think that it almost becomes an ethical obligation to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. So if we saw it through that lens and kind of, um, you know, the um, NASP ethical model, you know, being kind of the in your own best way so that you can do your best work maybe if they saw it from that lens they could prioritize it more um at least in like the forum kind of um classes that they have for practicums or interns you know having that be a regular topic and i think sometimes even i think that naturally most people that get into you know education have some um, sort of organization skills, but I think that everybody could use some support in that and just kind of how to manage your time in this role, Um, because I think that can sneak up on you really quick if you're used to, you know, turning your assignments in on time, and then all of a sudden you're giving a building, you're given a building with, you know, 10 times the assignments that you're used to, and not really knowing right. what that feeling of not succeeding feels like, that could hit you like a brick wall. So I think um, kind of what, not just teaching like don't feel stressed, but like what to do with the stress and how to like take back control of it, um, I think would be really helpful to early uh, career psychologists. And um, just that it's, you're not, like failing if you're not doing everything for everybody every day. It's tough. Um, and that was very well said. I completely agree with you. And on that note, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for listening to The Leitner Side of Things. If you have any feedback or topic ideas, let me know on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at S-G-E-R-A-9-9. See you at the next episode.